Hi, everyone. It's Sarah. And Narelle. Your hopeless but not truthless Bravo recappers. Help a couple of hopeless girls out and follow us wherever you listen to the pod. Or if you feel so inclined, you can always drop us a five-star rating because it really helps us out. You can also follow us on TikTok, Insta, and Twitter at Hopeless Not Truthless Pod. And we'll talk to you there. So, Narelle, you messaged me something and we have to talk about this. I don't even care. It's probably so not PC, but you sent me some photos of Raquel. Uh, First time she's been spotted since leaving rehab or not rehab, whatever, her wellness facility. And you zoomed in on her face and you suspect what? Tell me. Tell me your theory. Tell us. So we've probably all seen the pictures by now of Raquel and she's out of the wellness, mental health, whatever treatment program. The entire VPR cast is in Lake Tahoe right now. We thought she was going to be going to join them, but she's still in Arizona. She's walking around. She's got a bucket hat on and underneath that bucket hat, Sarah, I'm pretty sure she has had a nose job. She has a new nose. I'm all, I mean, we've only seen the two pictures, to be fair, but I did a side by side. It's a new nose. Dude, I was very convinced, but I don't want to say for sure, but it is, it, it, it is different. There's something very different about her face all, all around, really, you know? There's something to say for people who stop drinking there is a, a face change that happens. Like you stop swelling when you're a really heavy drinker. Your face swells a lot. Totally. So yeah. maybe that is the cause of it. Like, but her face looks different. Something's different. And we all know she hated her freaking nose. I just, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's very inappropriate to have even had these thoughts, but I did. And I kind of think maybe part of the reason she was in hiding was she was getting that nose fixed. If she got a nose job during this very sensitive time, claiming it's about mental health, I, for me, anything I had was gone. Any compassion, any empathy, it's it's out the window. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, I didn't have as much compassion as you, but yeah, the tiny little amount that I did, gone. The tip of her nose just looks so different. So we will see. I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. She was dressed like Schwartz. <laughs> and that hat. Yeah, and that hat. Be kind or... Is it a reminder for herself, I guess? What a statement, Raquel. Coming in hot, girl. No, she's coming in lukewarm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, true. So how was your week, Narelle? It was, it was kind of up and it was kind of down. I've got a couple... Couple little tidbits for you. I remember I told you a little while ago that we were getting hit by like a few really big windstorms in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Something about summer. I don't know. I've only lived here for a year, but every evening it's like gale force winds. It's kind of insane. And weird. Our roof started ripping off in the wind. Not like the top what? part. <laughs> Not the top part of the roof, but like what? the soffit underneath. I guess I don't know. Oh shit. 
So it got like ripped off in the middle of this like hurricane wind storm. And I had to like hobble around the neighborhood picking at pieces of the roof. The neighbors were all coming out and they were like, is this yours? I'm like, oh my God. Is it just your roof? Just our roof. Just our roof. It's a new house. It's one of those like, yeah, you know, probably too quickly built it's probably not the best quality uh brand new house so it's under warranty but the guy came and he he fixed it and he was like i've never seen this happen in the 30 years that i've been doing this and i'm like oh great that's super glad to be that person so that was a little bit embarrassing that was probably the low the pit if you will of my week the pit and then peach and pit yeah i guess the peach for me this week is my little kitty Mac. He had to have surgery recently. Surgery's done. The results were good. Mac doesn't have cancer. And I got to take his cone off. And he's so much happier. He's been so depressed. So, Aww. yeah. He is so cute. Narelle's cat is so bloody cute, you guys. He's orange and fluffy and just a sweet little thing. He's my little bun head, my little Big Mac burger boy. <laughs> He's the best. So I'm so happy to have my little buddy back and I'm happy my roof got fixed. Yeah, well, two two very good peaches, Norelle. Yeah, a pit that turned into a peach in both of them, actually. Yeah, that's true. What about you? How's your week been? Oh my god. Well, my pit is <sighs> the fact my husband has left me. To go to Spain for work. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Um, my husband usually works at a town every summer. So this year is the first time in like 20 years he has stayed home. So I was so excited. He, I mean, he's still working like super crazy shifts, but he still sleeps in our bed every night. And it's so nice and weird. But then he got called out last minute to go to Spain, which is great for him. But it's there's so much going on. I've my mom has had some serious mobility issues. My kiddo's birthday party is coming up on Saturday. And Troy gets home on Friday at around 1.30 in the morning. So he gets to be there for the birthday, but you Mm -hmm. have to do all the organizing for the birthday. Exactly. And I'm just exhausted because I'm on week two of solo parenting. And then I get him home for Saturday and then he goes back to work on Sunday. And those are some super late nights. So I essentially don't see him. But anyway, I'm just tired. So that's my long pit. And uh, but my Peach is all the cuddles I'm getting from my kiddo. He is just such a suck. Oh, he just. Oh, I know you sent me some of the pictures. Seriously, I just can't. I can't. He's so cute. You are the luckiest mom. (laughs) Cody is just the sweetest little boy. I know you think otherwise, (laughs) but every time I see him, he's just the biggest (laughs) darling. Oh yes, yes. (laughs) He is a charmer. But he is, he's been so good, so. Oh, well, at least he's not being a little terror for you this week while Troy's gone. He isn't. Well, and speaking of which, he is here right now. So if we have any interruptions or screaming children and you hear like some child running wild in the background, (laughs) that's mine. 
Good to know. Good for our listeners to really be prepared for that. Yeah, seriously. Uh, We have a lot to talk about this week because New York started. We've got crappy Atlanta and OC. Oh, damn. Like, we're going to try to get through these relatively quickly, and I will try not to do my sing-songy voice like I'm doing right now. But there's so much to talk about, and I'm loving every episode this week. Same. I kind of feel like we went through a bit of a, uh, what's the word? A lack? Is it like dearth? A dearth of, oh no, Norelle, don't try and be smart. Norelle, you're way smarter (laughs) than me. I have no idea. (laughs) We went through a period there where there wasn't really that much to watch or Mm -hmm. discuss, and what we had was dark, so this has just been a lot more kind of upbeat and fun and light, and... Love it. Looking forward to it. Love it. Should we start with New York? Yes, I think. Brand new. Let's get into it. We didn't really do a a full recap, though, this week for reasons. Yeah. We have reasons. What's your reason? What's your reason, Sarah? I'm angry. And I I went in very (laughs) hostile. I don't like it. No, I do like it now. Yeah, I didn't go in hostile, but I came out hostile. I'm not disappointed (laughs) by it. Okay. I, I was a little bit underwhelmed. I only watched it. Well, at first, I only watched it the one time, and I'd messaged you, and I was like, it's not it's not my favorite. I nope. really wanted to love it, and I don't. Hated it the first time. And then I saw everybody online oh, just losing their minds. Everybody was talking about how great it was. It's just the greatest thing since the best premiere there ever has been. And so Sarah and I started being like, well, what the fuck is wrong with us? Yeah, well... I think we were both PMSing, actually. So with that name. Yeah, that's definitely valid. (laughs) But I also think, you know, it was the first Mm -hmm. episode. It's going to take them a little while to settle in. So I think it's going to take us a little while to figure out exactly what we want to recap in this show. What I think we kind of agreed on, though, was to give our first impressions of all of the girls. Yes, We'll give our first impressions today, and then next week we'll do a full recap. Well, hopefully, if we like it. (laughs) We're undecided. Well, that's the thing. We both then decided to go in a second time and watch it a second time, and we both liked it a lot more the second time. So we're just being judgmental bitches. Because that's how we roll in Canada. We just judge everyone from afar because we have nothing. We do it on the inside, silently, and then that's how people think we're nice. But we are actually incredibly judgmental. (laughs) The worst. Canadians are the worst. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to start by kind of reading the description the other ladies gave each other in the intro. So we have Sai. She's got a sexy aloofness about her. She's a boss and an influencer. She kind of seemed a little uptight to me, but also very cool. And apparently she is super rich. And a big bitch about cheese. (laughs) She really is a bitch about cheese. (laughs) Or is she? (laughs) Yes. The whole cheese thing, I think, is what threw me watching this episode because it seemed so goddamn petty. And I usually love petty, but I don't know. It didn't land well for me. Sai is probably, out of all of the ladies, the one that had the least 
I have the least opinion on her so far. I feel like she's one that I'm going to have to watch a little bit more to really deep dive into her personality. So I'm reserving my opinion on Sai so far. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So we have Bryn, the fun girl, huge flirt. Okay, so Bryn is everyone's favorite. Um, She seems a little tryhard to me and a little dramatic, which we all love. So I do like that part. She's entertaining, but it seemed a little fakey. I feel like it seemed a lot fakey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I also think she's going to be one of the big sources for drama on this uh, season because there's something lurking underneath her little veneer of happy fun girl. There's something underneath there. It's like she's almost decided to play that part. Not that she is that person. She's trying to be that person. There's just like a few too many little quips, a few too many sassy remarks. I feel like she's got her sights set on going far in the show. And that's what we're kind of seeing out of her. In fact, on the Mention It All podcast, she was on it with one of the other girls. And she mentioned that she was actually asked to do Vanderpump Rules when it first started filming. But she was like, no, no, I never going to be caught dead on reality TV. I have no interest in it, blah, blah, blah. So then when she agreed to do Real Housewives of New York, Pandora, who is Lisa Vanderpump's daughter, actually screenshot an article about it and sent it to Bryn, like laughing because they're friends now laughing and being like, oh, yeah, bitch, like you don't want to be on reality TV. You're on this show. And Bryn said that she was basically like, well, what do you want from me? I need the money. I think you know, that might be a, it's a motivator for her. She wants to do well on the show. So I think she's acting right now. And that's why it's annoying me. I don't think she's actually that fun. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting about Pandora and Vanderpump Rules. I bet she's regretting that right now. But anyways, (laughs) she could have been Raquel. Okay, so we head over to Erin. She is a true New Yorker, a straight shooter. She loves to run the show. Like, can we just categorize Erin as type A? (laughs) Because she is. But then she, when she showed up empty-handed to Jenna's, I'm like, your type A just went out the window for me. So who are you, Erin? I I do feel like Erin is kind of of the main character of the show. It's all centered around Erin. Yes, I almost felt as if she could be from like the OG Real Housewives of New York cast. She fits in that way. Like, I don't know why, and I could not get it out of my head. But to me, she was like Rachel Green. If Rachel Green from Friends never met Mm -hmm. Ross, she moved to the city, never met anybody (laughs) else, like never hooked up with the rest of the Friends cast. But she grew up and became a real estate agent and only ever wore black. I feel like that's who Erin is. Totally. (laughs) Like if she was in a lineup of women and I had to pick one of these women is from New York, I would narrow in on Erin and I'd be like, that that bitch is from New York for sure. (laughs) That's so funny. She is like Rachel Green and... She even related herself to Bethany. She's the most like Bethany out of the mm. cast. So that makes sense. Yeah, she's spot on there. Why would you Why? do that? Jesus, Bethany, that TikTok of hers is, is really something. So then we 
have Jessel, the publicist, the good girl, has a freaky side, though. Jessel seems like New York's version of Fancy Pants to me. Pavit, her hubby. Dude, that guy needs a raise. (laughs) And so does her mother, for that matter. What is happening, Jessel? Why are you so angry inside? I love that you just insinuated that she needs to pay her husband to like be around her because <laughs> my main takeaway is that she's going to be the first one to get divorced. <laughs> there is some weirdness going on in that marriage. I don't think they're long for this world. I think their marriage has a expiration date. No doubt. And then add twins into the mix. Like you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Place your bets. Place your bets. That's terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a bitch today. I blame my husband for that, actually. (laughs) Okay, we have Uba. Vivacious, larger than life, loves bananas. (laughs) She just seems so fun and over the top. Obviously, it's genetic, knowing who her cousin is. I think she's going to bring a lot of fun energy to the show. I like her. I like watching her. Same. I really loved Uba. She's that fun-loving uh, like she enjoys herself no matter what the situation is. Uba's going to find a way to make it enjoyable for herself and for everybody else. She's the kooky one. She doesn't really take herself too seriously. She's very funny. I agree. I think she's going to be the comedic relief. And I think she's actually the quirky one. Who was it? It was Aaron who said Jen was so quirky because she doesn't like parsley, but she likes dill. So or she, weird. I don't know, got those wrong, I think. But hates dill and likes parsley or something. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. 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 Uba's the quirky one. Okay. I agree. Good point. I agree. Yeah. And Jenna, she is a boss bitch, unapologetic. I love, love, love her. For someone so famous and wealthy and boss, like she's coming off as someone who was so kind and engaging and loving and the way she greeted Jessel's mother. Oh, oh my God. So sweet. Yeah, that was actually probably a good insight into who she is as a person. Yeah. However. Tell me. Tell me. There's so many things buzzing about her. Oh, I, I'm absolutely sure that she's going to be yours and my favorite villain that's the vibe i'm getting from her i think she's got like strict personal standards for like the relationships that she's in and i think she probably has a bit of an ego Mm -hmm. i really think these things because you cannot get as far as she did in the fashion industry without having those kind of personality traits i feel like when shit hits the fan in this group She's going to be the type that goes in for the kill, like verbally. She's someone you're just not going to want to go up against. She's somebody that is going to really kind of intimidate almost. Like they already all seem a little bit intimidated by her. They're treating her with a lot more reverence than anybody else. Kind of like Lisa Vanderpump. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, She's definitely the cool one. Like, everyone wants to be Jenna's friend. Everybody wants to be in Jenna's good books. Like, I just, I get the vibe. She's kind of going to be calling the shots a little bit. And maybe she's not as nice as she's coming across as. Okay. I am so excited if that is the case. We need a good new villain Mm -hmm. that we love. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not one we actually despise. One we love. So here is a quick little recap for everyone in case you guys missed it. Like, it, and it's brief. So Sai and Bryn, basically, this happened off camera. They ditched a group dinner and they went somewhere else and then they posted it on Instagram. So Aaron set up this dinner. They were She was trying to get everyone together before the show started. Sai and Bryn ditched it. Bryn tells Sai and Jessel that Aaron is still pissed about it. And is now distancing herself from Sai because Sai apparently asked Aaron about her cheese board and seemed super judgy about cheese. I can't believe I wrote that down. Sai was like, but I love cheese. This isn't true. I was eating cheese all night. So they kind of squashed the beef at Jenna's house when Jenna was throwing a cheese fondue and khaki party, which I loved. And, you know, Narelle, I wish I cared more about shoes and fashion because I think Jenna's shoe closet looked insane. I can appreciate style, but I personally don't have any. If I was rich, maybe I would, but I don't. I know, right? Like I saw her shoe closet and I was like, damn, I could fit a lot of jeans and hoodies in there. Yeah. And we just don't have that kind of style in Canada. Like, not very often. Maybe Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, but... I think downtown of any of the big cities, probably. But if you're just a regular Canadian kind of walking down the street, it's like, I'm not going to waste my closet space on shoes like that. Are you kidding me? Can't even wear them half the year. Yep. And then I guess the only other thing that I wanted to just quickly talk about for this show is the fact that there was another housewife, but she was fired. And these people have already started filming with her and have had lots of experiences and gone on like lunches and dinners and stuff. And I think there's already been some conflict previously that has been edited out. So I was kind of keeping that in the back of my mind as well during my second watch that maybe that's why we were not quite connecting with anybody yet. Like it seemed a little bit off. Maybe that was why. Yeah, I heard that too. And it did seem like we kind of jumped in mid season, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to see the cheese party. The cheese plate. Just show me the cheese plate. Show me something. I think at this point, we all need to see the cheese plate yeah, to really understand. Like, maybe they'll go back to it, but or maybe we'll never hear about the cheese plate again. But I'm very, uh, I'm very optimistic for this show. Yeah, me too. I think there's a lot of potential here. I think around episode three, that's when we're really going to settle in and start to know these yeah. girls and see what everybody's about. You know, I was kind of relating it to Salt Lake City. I never did watch Dubai because I heard such horrible things about it. I'm sorry. But when I first started watching Salt Lake City, it felt different for me. Like I kind of just fell into it more quickly than New York. And I don't know why, but I think you're right when explaining the the other cast member who left. Mm-hmm. And it does make sense. But I think it's going to be pretty good. I do too. Okay, Narelle, do you want to go mudding? Hell yeah, I do. (laughs) Love this episode. 
So funny, crappy, like episode three, gone mudding. So we have Luann. We start out, Luann knocks on Sonia's motel room door. And inside we see the absolute shitstorm of crap everywhere that I don't think is going away anytime soon. So right away, Luann basically <laughs> insults Sonia by saying, oh, you look like a million dollars. And immediately asks Sonia if she has sex with Richard. <laughs> Sorry, Rich- Mr. Richard. My question is to you, Narelle, where could they even fuck with all that clutter? Like, <laughs> my God. Oh, I'm thinking it had to be in the pink bathtub, right? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Get the Lysol. Although, to be fair, if I'm not going to bathe in the bathtub, you better believe Ugh. I'm not going to have sex in it either. <laughs> Definitely not. Ugh. Luann pulls the most Countess move ever by basically insinuating that, you know, I'm going to let you have Billy, Sonia. But Sonia doesn't even face her, and that's what I love about her. <laughs> They're both kind of like equally delusional. Yes. And- but like in a delightful way, I think it was at this point that they show a clip. They're back at the barn and Sonia walks up and she just grabs him, grabs Billy like by the shirt, drags him out of the door like a cave woman, like drags him back to the motel, I guess. Oh my God. Quite literally. Like I did feel like she was going to throw him over her shoulder like a sack of potatoes. Yes. By the hair. Yeah. No. Does he have hair? No hair. Mm. Just by that sexy t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so the ladies are trying to generate more tourism and they are planning a crappy hour in a park. Craig, the public works director, who will help the ladies build a playground, gives Sonia a call, which Luann is immediately annoyed at because she's supposed to be the smart one. So Sonia is trying to talk to Craig. And well, I think his name is Craig. I can't hear literally over Luann interrupting him to make him well aware she's the one in charge. And then in turn, Sonia interrupting Luann to call for interrupting Craig. I'm like, okay, this is so chaotic. Battle of the wills. The thing is, I just don't think Sonia even cares. No, those interruptions were pointed from Luann. Like she was trying to get her point across for sure. I'm the one you call to make like you know appointments yes. and shit um even sonia though i think she seemed a little bit confused when she got the phone call she was like oh it's it's he's calling me oh, she did uh craig is already being preemptively claimed by luann based solely on the sound of his voice we then meet craig and i think luann is probably gonna go back to the fire station because craig is not for her But the shock of the episode for me was discovering Craig is a rodeo clown. What the hell? Like, he wears makeup and everything, allegedly. We need to see more of Craig. Narelle, I got the vibes like Sonia and Craig could actually be perfect for each other. Two clowns together. (laughs) So I have this fantasy that one of them actually falls in love with somebody from Benton and brings them back to New York with them. Either way, I can see either Luann or Sonia doing this. I think there's like a 50% success rate that this is going to happen at the rate that they're going through the men in the town. 
They both have that potential. I love that. Craig could be it. Craig could be the one. Yes, yes. The clown of her heart. (laughs) He has no faith in these women. He's just like, in his confessional, let's call it a confessional, he is ruthless. He's like, spoiled rich girls coming in. They're not going to get anything done. He's angry. I bet Craig was very surprised to see this spoiled rich girl do a somersault in her white skirt and then actually ended up rolling through a bunch of poo. Is that rich girl behavior, Craig? I don't think so. Craig, you have missed the mark here. <laughs> it was so funny when they got back into the truck and Luann's like, what's that smell? Oh my God, I was gagging. <laughs> I know. So just like, I don't know, it's not me. <laughs> and it was. Didn't she say, oh, I just thought it was me. I thought that's what she said. (laughs) Don't know. Maybe she didn't say that. Maybe Benton is like just permeating through her pores. (laughs) Oh, God. No, that was so just perfect. It was perfect. It's so funny. I fucking love the show. So Billy Richard has invited the women to go mudding in an attempt to look younger. Sonia haphazardly wipes off all of her makeup in the car. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) She's like, I need to look younger. I'm like, okay, okay. uh, Interesting technique. And of course, Luann right away just doesn't even process anything what Sonia is doing. She's just like, I hope Billy has a hot friend for me. Narelle, would you fuck Billy? Would you? You gotta tell me. Oh, God. Okay. Well, am I a B-list celebrity, an aging B-list celebrity on a reality TV show? Or am I a local who lives in Benton? Because either way, no. (laughs) I think maybe 22, 23-year-old Narelle might have, like, you know, running around town, probably just to catch a glimpse of that sweet tattoo he has on his back, though. Okay, but honestly, imagine this, Sarah, you and I, Back in the days when we shared an apartment um, and we're cruising around town in my little rabbit convertible, mm-hmm. Billy pulls up next to us in his big, sexy, lifted truck with those giant tires and he revs his engine at you. What does 22-year-old Sarah do? Oh, my God. I don't think we had cell phones back then. But <laughs> <laughs> we would legit follow him. We would follow. We would stalk him. I know we would. Yeah. And then just, like, pretend we coincidentally met up at the same spot. Like, oh, my God, you're here, too. I'm sure it was probably the liquor store Billy was heading to. Oh, my God, we need booze, too. That's so funny. Were you the guy? (laughs) And then I would fuck Billy. Or, no, no, sorry, pardon me. I wouldn't, but I would want to, but then I would be stuck with Billy's friend. Not the one in this episode, another friend. Yeah, no, I could mm-hmm. I could see this happening actually. Mm-hmm. But not now. Not no. not now. No. no. Never. Oh god. No. Was that too strong? <laughs> I think it was just strong enough. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So the ladies stop at a, a lemonade stand where three darling little kiddos are making some fresh lemonade. And I thought both Sonia and Luann were so sweet with the kids. My highlight of this was Luann. When she was out there trying to get people to come in, like, that woman is fucking hot as hell. Her body. 
I would kill. I would kill for that. Luann is a babe. Like, how does she do it? <sighs> I know she's had work done. Like, all the housewives have had work done, but she still looks like Luann. She still looks like uh, a real woman. That's yeah. what I mean. But you know what I no. mean? Like, she's still, it's like she's aging gracefully, even though I know she's doing her little tweaks and pulls and nips and sure. tucks and whatever. She's she's quite literally the definition of aging like fine wine because she is she's very attractive very and she still looks like luann and that's what i love about yeah. her yeah you know? i think that's probably what it is because yeah. most of them start to look different sheree we'll get to you later sheree and jen from oc yeah oh, okay we'll, we'll we'll touch on that okay so the ladies get to the mud pit, I'm going to call it, refer to it as, and they meet Billy's friend. All of a sudden, Billy's not there, but then he shows up in a fucking white limo. <laughs> <laughs> so Billy's friend, Jared, he may be up to Luann's standards for the town of Benton, that is, but I'm curious <laughs> to see if this goes anywhere. See, that's the thing. These ladies, they're just rolling with the punches while they're there, adapting to their surroundings when in Rome, when in Benton. Jared is a New York three, but he's a Benton nine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, they're just working with what they have. Exactly. They're resourceful. Yeah. I mean, all they care about is getting laid, so... <laughs> It is numero uno. Like, honestly, do you think Sonia is really the seeker to get laid all the time? Because it's, it's coming off desperate. Mm, yes, I do. And I think Luann is even more so. Oh, Absolutely. my God. Wild. Like, their whole motive is to get laid. It's unbelievable to me. So Sonia and Billy start their mudding adventure and get stuck immediately. So Jared pulls them out with his other big truck. Like, muddy looks so fucking fun. A lot of people in the area we live definitely partake in their own kind of version of mudding. I, I never did it, though. I never really did it. I'm a little disappointed that we never got to do anything like that when we were young hotties. Like, yeah, it seems fun. Yeah, but it was never our thing. And maybe because we were around people who were just too chaotic. Maybe. Yeah, we hung out with some losers. We hung out with some real losers at times Indeed. there. Mm -hmm. There's no way they could have had their own trucks. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> I'd go money now, though. Uh, Billy and Jared then have a tug of war with vehicles. This blew my mind. I've never seen this. So Billy wins, of course. And Sonia gives him a little celebratory hug. Luann's like, oh, you can do better than that, Sonia. One-ups her and basically forces Billy to kiss her on the lips. Like, even Billy kind of looked uncomfortable. Like, not really. Maybe, <laughs> but not really. I saw him give her a little side hug there after the kiss. <laughs> yeah. Man, Luann is just that friend, I think. Like, we all have one. We all have that friend when you probably wouldn't want to leave your man around if they were alone. Oh, yeah. And Sonia just takes it all in stride. She almost seems like she's used to it. 
I also yeah. kind of wish, by the way, side note, that the ladies were in the truck for the tug of war. Maybe it was too dangerous. Maybe production was like, you're nope, not allowed to do that. But how fucking funny would that have been? Oh my god. I know I had the same thought. I thought, no, I don't think they were allowed to. But Mun was far enough, ladies. Sonia is pissed at Luann, kind of, but not really, a little bit. She notices, but she gets her back by pushing Luann into the mud. They literally have a mud fight. I was cracking up. And then they shower off under this like giant sprinkler and Sonia's trying so hard to look sexy. She's pulling down her shorts like a la Britney Spears style and on a really bizarre Instagram story. And she's like shaking her ass and she honestly looks so ridiculous. I had to look away. And meanwhile, all Luann did was like take off her shirt and she's basically wearing a bikini top and she looks like a goddamn goddess. But Narelle, the, the the fairy tale kind of ends here because Sonia finds out Billy Richard is only in town for the weekend to go mudding, mudding and fucking. <laughs> we already knew that, though. How did she not know that? I knew that last episode he was only there for the weekend. I just had a thought, too, as you were talking now I'm picturing it in my mind, this sprinkler being like an irrigation thing for like a farming crop. Like, don't they shoot out fertilizer? Oh my God. <laughs> Were they like showering with shit water? Oh my gosh. More shit water in Sonia's open wounds, her lipo wounds. Stop. I can't. No more lipo wound talk. I can't do it. Sonia is just so endearing, I think. Like she has way more of a cute manner about her. Like, you kind of just want to smush her. Like, she's the quirky one. She's so cute. And then Luann is, like, the sexy, bold, take off my shirt and I'm a goddess with my little, you know, sexy top on. And I think that's probably why Sonia grabbed Billy immediately at the barn, like a cavewoman, and was like, we got to get the fuck out of here before, you know, Luann gets a chance with you. She wanted to curate that cock. Oh, I love it. You go, girl. I know. Like, I, I... I, I totally agree with you. I think Sonia is the cutesy little one, but Luann, she is, I imagine she's quite intimidating for men. I'm going back to the fire hall where the deer in the headlight man could barely utter a word. I think she's incredibly <laughs> intimidating. <laughs> that poor bastard. He'll never live it down. He'll never live it down. Do you like to party? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I'm out. <laughs> I, I party sometimes, but not with people like you. Oh, so we end the episode with a meeting with the mayor. And I love how they're reporting to him so professionally. And this is where I actually saw a side of Sonia. Like, she was very respectable. You know, they told the mayor they found a great playground. But as quickly as that happened, they allegedly lost the playground. So... They practice telling the mayor about this news on a cardboard cutout of himself. <laughs> I was crying. This was the funniest fucking scene ever. Yeah, this had to have been my favorite scene, I think, so far. Luann, like, she put her all into it with the compliments and just trying to be, like, persuasive. Like, oh, hello, mayor. Yes. Oh, I love your red tie. Sonia's like walking the mare closer to her. 
Oh, I hope they're able to get or like salvage the playground thing somehow. And also, this obviously means that Sonia got another phone call that Luann did not get. Oh, damn. Everyone's calling Sonia. Now I'm wondering, maybe the whole cutesy ditzy thing? Maybe it's actually Sonia who's the smart one. Sonia who's the one in charge. Could be. She does have businesses. Yeah, that was probably my favorite episode of the entire season so far which you know all three all three episodes but yeah (laughs) no for real for real i cannot wait i love this show it's just so refreshing and i think probably too the fact that it's only 30 minutes versus an hour yes it's like it leaves us wanting more yeah it's almost over unfortunately which is very sad i think there's only like eight episodes or something Narelle, Narelle's face right now. Narelle's <laughs> face, everyone. It's a, a shock, disgust, sadness, all in one. Uh-oh. You just broke Uh-oh. my heart. Oh, jeez. Oh. You like, yeah, do you have a tendency to do that? I'm sorry. Thanks for ruining the day. This is my new pit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh. I'm the cause of a pit. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's go cheer up by talking about Atlanta. (laughs) Not just kidding. Said nobody ever. (laughs) I actually, for the first time this season, was really into this episode. The whole thing was like, it was good drama. It wasn't too much drama we are on season 15 episode 10 healing by sheree it's thanksgiving there and i got so hungry watching all of their delicious food we start ralph has organized for the men to cook brunch for the ladies before their portugal trip so ralph says the men are no drama and the ladies need to clear the air before portugal and this is his way of doing it Like, I personally kind of thought Ralph was throwing this brunch in celebration for Drew leaving the country, (laughs) or perhaps a guilty conscience. And then Courtney brings her kid's dad, Bryce, and that causes a bit of a stir. I have a little bit of some spidey senses going here. My spidey senses are tingling. I think Candy and Kenya have both hooked up with Bryce. Oh, damn. Maybe. Oh. Candy's reaction when he walked in was like, oh shit haven't seen you in like 20 years (laughs) (laughs) oh well candy does like to throw down sheree throwing shade at kenya for her man not showing up i'm like sheree yours is sick what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) literally 10 seconds later somebody asks sheree where's your man she's like oh he's sick yeah no yeah He's sick. Like, it's different for her somehow that her man doesn't show up. Totally. That's that's believable because she's sure right. That's believable. But when it's Kenya, that's just lame. Oh, my God. I was not expecting to see Scott Lee again. I'm not going to lie. I, I was shocked when he walked in. And, you know, Kenya started hating on his outfit and her confessional and side-eyeing him and... Whatever, Kenya, at least he fucking showed up. These women are the definition of hypocrisy. Yes, and throw in like some competition. 
nobody likes anybody. Like nobody's happy for anybody. It's always about like who did it better, who wore it, who wore it better, who dated him better. Who like it's 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 enough. It's enough. It's enough. Be confident in yourself, people. So plot twist: Candy knows Scott Lee, which isn't like shocking. She's in the restaurant industry, but. She is certainly implying that Scott Lee is a broke sex fiend and that Marlo is a whore. So I don't know. I I, I need to know more about Scott Lee. I kind of get a feeling that she doesn't know him from the restaurant industry. I'm not saying that Candy has also hooked up with Scott Lee. I'm saying she happens to know a lot about his sexual proclivities and she's trying to rectify that with Marlowe's and she's saying it doesn't really match up she doesn't really understand the dynamic and how that's gonna work but I feel like she like met Scott Lee like at a sex party or something or she knows he's freaky anyways she knows he's freaky that's what I'm she knows he's freaky oh I'm so curious to see if more comes out but I doubt it this is at the point where, you know, at this brunch, everyone's there. Candy reveals to the group that Drew has been cast in Todd's movie. And you can see that jealousy of Brew and Bye especially Kenya. Like Drew in her confessional talks about Kenya's acting career. And I'm putting that in air quotes. And she cracked me up, actually. Drew cracked me up this episode. I'm with her. Let it go, Kenya. Okay. Then we have... Koi Roy, as I'm calling him. He calls Kenya during this brunch. And Marlo says, Oh, Roy, I went on a date with him before. I love this. I loved it. (laughs) And Kenya cannot get out of there fast enough. She's like, Oh, Roy, I can't hear you. I'm gonna I gotta leave. I gotta leave. Like she's not even looking at Marlo. She hears her. She knew Marlo was saying that. Um, she's like, I need to vacate immediately. It was so uncomfortable seeing Kenya and how uncomfortably like jealous she got that Drew got the part over her. Because immediately when Candy was talking about the movie or whatever, Kenya's like, well, I didn't get my offer and blah, blah, blah. You know, big actress. Her fucking face. When she was like, who's the lead or whatever? And Candy's like, oh, ask Drew. Kenya was like, you cast Drew? Like, <laughs> lost it. I lost it as well. <laughs> Get over yourself, Kenya. Mm-hmm. 20 years, 22 years. One movie. Let Drew have a go. Narelle, did you notice Roy is still not looking at Kenya on FaceTime? I did. Is Roy a- <laughs> Did you? <laughs> okay, good. Like, is he a housewife chaser? What is going on? Probably the main goal of him going after all these women is advertising his business, I think. Kenya did not handle the situation well at all. She was such a bitch and she's, oh, she's just no fun. Like, thank you for showing him what not to do. So gross. I think you're onto something because he was in Marlo's DMs. No offense to the men out there who do follow Bravo and watch all of these shows and stuff, but I don't think there's too many of them. Enough mm-hmm. for him. Like in her DMs, how did he meet Kenya? Was it in her DMs as well? Do we know how they met? Probably. No, actually. 
we might kind of maybe have another Louie on our hands here. A housewife chaser. Oh, Jesus. A clout chaser. Oh, because he is absolutely using her for advertising for the restaurant. And Kenya's reply is dripping with insecurity. I cannot stand when people do this, when they have to like rub someone else's face down in the dirt in order to make themselves feel better. Like I know she thinks she's hiding it maybe by going for Marlo's jugular, but all she's doing is telling me that she's highly uncomfortable with this information. Agreed. Kenya, like two weeks ago, I was like all over Marlo. They're both just such party poopers. Anyway, moving on to my favorite part of the episode. (laughs) When Sheree whispers across the table, kind of, she goes, Drew, Drew, are you going to pay the chef? Are you going to pay this one? (laughs) Oh, boy. I love the shade Sheree gives. It is, she's always been like this. Yeah. But you know, underneath there's like this nastiness because she's mad about something. Yeah. And later on, we find out, indeed, she is. But I love how she just like says it with a smile. Like, are you going to pay this one, Drew? And Drew kind of like, in the way that she defended herself, it made me think that she actually did not pay this person. She's like, oh, it's just some nobody off the street who made them like, she knows they made me this terrible food and I wasn't even interested in it and there was hair in it. And I'm like, hold on. Why were you letting some random person come in and make you food unless you were actually looking for a chef or a nanny or whatever? You don't just let people approach you and be like, hey, I'm a cook. Can I cook you some food? Like, no, call a spade a spade. You interviewed this person and obviously agreed. Maybe it was a trial or whatever. It was going to be a paid trial. And it sounds like you didn't pay her because you didn't like what she did. Now she's suing you. Is it petty to sue someone for $1,000? Absolutely. I think it's more petty not to pay that person what you agreed Mm -hmm. on, just because even if there is hair in it, that's disgusting. But don't hire her. Yeah, that poor person spent so much money on all that food. We know what (laughs) food prices are like these days. I mean, come on, Drew. not hiring her is the punishment. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 She should have just fucking handled that. That to me is just, I mean, it's redundant at this point. You have made something so small huge. Yeah. By being a cheap ass bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta just throw this out there. The more I see Sheree in her confessional, I, I don't know, whatever she did to her face, I hate it. I miss old Sheree. I'm hoping it's just swelling from filler or whatever, but I want old Sheree's face back. Oh my God. The purple dress confessional. Mm-hmm. Whenever it comes up, it is jarring. It is. Like, I hate to say this. It's almost like CGI, like budget CGI Sheree. I <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel bad. I don't want to judge any woman on her appearance. The other thing that kind of weirds me out about it is she's like, I have lemon-sized fibroids in my body, and I'm going to heal them out by going to Portugal because I don't want to have surgery. I don't want to do anything that's not natural, but I am going to get a face transplant. Yeah. (laughs) 
You can't. I don't know who she thinks she's fooling. Such a good point. And Sheree didn't need it. I like Sheree is bloody stunning and always has been. Yeah. And always will be. And I'm all for like a little touch up here, touch up there. Do what do you? Honestly, it's fine. I just hate that these women feel like they need it when they really don't. No, that's that's the thing. It was more than a tweak. It's a whole new fucking face. Yes. And I, I'm hoping that is, like I said, just swelling. We'll get the old Sheree face back because I miss it. She was so perfect. It's right now where it's alarming. It's at an alarming state right now. Let's hope it settles. Yes. It makes me sad. Um, Kenya telling Courtney not to touch her thoughts tell me okay i i go back and forth because i'm not the touchiest person especially with people i don't know i'm not very touchy i don't think i could ever tell someone not to touch me especially somebody who i was probably not having a great relationship with to date unless i was really angry at that person and I was trying to hurt their feelings then I would be a bitch and I'd be like can you not touch me which I kind of think is maybe what Kenya did I am with you Kenya holds on she's another holder honor to all this anger and oh she is she's evil sometimes (laughs) like she I really feel like she is the flip side of it though is I totally do respect and support someone who would say and put that boundary yes. up, like, could she just not touch me? I don't think we're there yet. I just maybe don't think Kenya was innocent in that. Kenya found the only thing she could at that point in time. Yes. And shamed her publicly for that's it. That's exactly. And that's what I hate about Kenya. I find her so nasty at times. <sighs> Candy cannot get out of that brunch fast enough, and I would be right behind her. I'd be like, let's get the fuck out of here. Don, get over here, Don. She's like, that's it. I'm calling it done. I have fulfilled my quota for the day. And she's like throwing those like hand signs at Todd from the balcony. Like, let's get out. On the other hand, though, maybe the food poisoning was already settling in and she was having those bubbles come up. (laughs) She was like, those shrimp, baby, they're... They're shrimping around, and I need to get out of here. Oh, my. I wasn't sure if she got sick from that brunch or was it one of Todd's restaurants? Because I'm like, that girl looks rough. What a trooper. I don't know. The fact that she had a whole bunch of seafood at the brunch and it was cooked by men who don't know how to cook. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But then the poor thing had to go on an eight-hour flight. And then drive for oh. like three or four more hours it what it said like 270 kilometers or something i googled that that's like three or four hours you could not pay me to get into a plane when i had food poisoning to that level and little miss candy is kind of the queen of backing out on things or not showing up for things of all times for her to have been like hey guys i'm gonna catch a later flight or like i'll be there tomorrow this was the day i would have been like on a f- another flight, for sure. You would not be able to pay me to have food poisoning in a plane bathroom. Are you kidding? My God, never. Like, honestly, though, I think it's because she has missed so much already. They're like, you're getting on that plane, lady. 
I mean, or you're done. And I would have been like, I'm done. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm done. All right. Easy. Done. Yeah. When you gotta go, you gotta go. But she was, she was coming out both ends. I mean, oh my God, I can't even think about it. I'm so glad she recovered quickly because this hotel looks insane. And I'm very excited for a trip for Kenya without Brooklyn. I'm intrigued to see how she behaves. Then Drew drops the bomb that Ralph's in Vegas. And Kenya's like, are you worried about Ralph being in Vegas alone? And Drew in her confessional, she kind of starts dropping hints. She doesn't trust him, but she plays it off to the ladies like, it's fine. And then we find out <laughs> Ralph is going to be a, a black magic mic, honey. Marlo killed me. Killed me when she said, Heath, Heath has a better chance. <laughs> Heath, Marietta's husband. I love this Marlo. This is the Marlo we need. <laughs> These ladies are just as shocked as I was. Is Ralph even a dancer? Like, where did this come from? It's so out of left field. Yeah, put the man in one music video and all of a sudden he's going to be Black Magic Mike. Well, and then my impression was Drew said, uh, not the producer, but one of the producers on that music video is a female. And she's the one who does all the hiring for this thing. But I'm like, is this... The woman he's cheat he's cheated on Drew with. This oh, is interesting. So I really I don't know. That's all pure speculation, but it would it would track. It would track. Interesting. Okay, maybe we'll mm-hmm. find out. So Drew is telling Monietta in private she's mad at Sheree for the pay the chef comment, and I get it, but it's public knowledge. Drew, it's a thousand bucks. Just. Make it go away and pay the woman, okay? <laughs> okay, this woman didn't know that South Africa was part of Africa. So now I'm thinking maybe she really did just forget to pay the chef. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Drew. And to have that on camera. <laughs> yes, I know. And I like... I get what she means. I get what she probably meant in that statement. But Wouldn't you explain that, though? Yes. 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 But it's Drew. <laughs> oh, Drew. So I then got to my least favorite part of this episode, and that was Kenya. <laughs> She's out for me. She told, who is she telling? Candy. Uh, you know, Roy doesn't have to pay for a pussy. By dating Marlowe, and I was just so disgusted. She's she goes below the belt all the time. Oh my god, she is so wildly insecure. And I hate to point out, Sonia actually has a really good point. Like Kenya made such a giant deal about the fact that the man that Sheree was dating had DM'd her like months before. That was like the biggest problem and she needed to talk about years it years before years yeah. before meanwhile now we've found out that roy had dm'd marlo but kenya is just like meh that's fine like yeah then she has to make sure though that marlo like she has to put marlo down as much as possible as to like elevate herself up above it it's disgusting i don't i don't respond well to that kind of behavior like Kenya is really kind of nasty in that way and it just it speaks to how insecure she is of 
like as a woman, which is sad, really. That is sad. And I never really thought about it that way. But you're right. It is insecurity at, at the crux of it. Then to lie, and I'm I'm calling it a lie, to lie to Candy and say, oh, yeah, Roy already told me. I knew. Yeah. Nope. 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 Bitch, you did not know. If you knew, you would be done with his ass. So, Or you would have gotten out ahead of it and said. Yes. Yes. Like, Marlo, I already know he DM'd you. Marlo, I know that you guys went on a date. Like, she would have gotten ahead of it, and she didn't. So I agree with you. I totally think that was a lie. She's she's lying through her teeth. It is so, so frustrating. So I'm so glad our girl Candy has rebounded. She did pretty good <laughs> considering. And I have to say, Marlo looks stunning in her yellow dress. Best dress tonight for sure, in my opinion. Absolutely. And then we have Sheree, and she's wearing jeans. And like, oh my god, I didn't notice that. Yeah, jeans with like a spray paint blazer or something. It was, oh. uh, it was very okay. uncheray. And I'm gonna have to go back. She's got unique style. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Narelle, very important question. Can you wink out of either eye? I absolutely can. Can you not? No. What? You can? Stop. Can you really not? I thought this... Can you no, not? No, of course I can. Of oh. course I can. Bitch, I, I just... everyone good. I just took my glasses off to show you because I was like, oh my god, Sarah's one of those weirdos who can't. I thought everyone could as well. What was that? We want to hear from you guys. Can you... Yeah. Who can't wink out of both eyes? Let's do a poll because... Let's do a poll. Okay. I'm finding this hard to believe that there are that many people who cannot wink out of both eyes. How do you blink? Yeah. <laughs> Narelle's coming in hot with the non-insult insult. Yeah, with the logic. With the lot. Oh, of course, the logic. Yes. This is what I love about the show, though, because <laughs> they they do shock me in ways that yeah. I'm not prepared to be shocked. Yeah. So Sheree, the whole point of this Portugal trip is Sheree wants the ladies to put everything out on the table. Courtney, sweet little Courtney, poor thing, uses this as an opportunity to tell Kenya, you know, I wasn't aware we had a problem until the other day. You know, Sheree told me that, you know, you felt I wasn't allowing you to get to know me by not opening up and I was violating your space. Kenya explains you were condescending at brunch, Courtney. And then Courtney responds by saying, well, I think you just have mean girl energy toward me and not the others. Okay, first of all, Sheree telling everybody that she wants us to be a healing trip is the, about the biggest sign we could get that this is not going to be a healing trip. Like, look at the Gucci brunch, the healing Gucci brunch and how that ended. We ain't not, we are not going to get any healing out of this. And Courtney... Like, she really, so she started the season off strong. She came in hot. She was aggressive. I thought we were going to get a lot more of that out of Courtney. But then she, like, kind of softened. And it's kind of almost surprising to see her at this point. Because she mm -hmm. sort of retracted everything she said after that. And she took it on the chin. I think so. And I think 
she expected someone to have her back and no one does. Yeah. Yeah. That's you probably. Know, and f- ugh, going up against Kenya, I'd be like, oh, oh no, someone's got to have my back. Yeah. Like, look at Marla with candy. Like, Drew, I told you to say shooting. Yeah. Like, even Marlo needs a fucking backup. So, no, it's true. She probably did. Maybe. Yeah. Poor, poor Courtney. I, she's fine. <laughs> she's better than Sanya. And oh, I realized the reason I probably like this episode is because it was, I, I don't even remember Sanya. Ah. Don't even hardly remember her being there. My God, you're right. Sorry. Gonna say it. The nice Canadian girl is ruthless <laughs> today. Drew then brings up the chef incident. She's like, okay, now's my time. Sheree, I am very upset. I found out you were talking about this chef incident behind my back. Side note here, Drew looked like Liza Minnelli in her confessional. Did she have a flipping mullet? What was going on? She kind of, yeah. We need to talk. It was right? a, it okay. was a style. It was a look. I'm like, am I too tired? She chose to do that. It was a yes, Liza Minnelli esque. Okay, that's fine. We'll carry on. So Sheree wants all this peace and healing, but she is not open to hearing Drew at all because she's still holding on to Drew's comments made about she by Sheree. So Drew's right here i'm i'm totally on board with drew in this episode like they squashed this beef on camera we saw it like i am so upset with you sheree i'm disappointed you're over talking you're not letting her finish you're holding on to some beef that you already squashed and you're being petty and not in the good way no charade that's exactly she's doing that charade thing where she gets real high pitched and she just keeps talking over everybody and you can't really like discuss anything or get your point across like i was rooting for her i really was starting to love charade i okay i still love charade but like i was i thought maybe she had achieved some new level how's she even going to talk about people not getting paid how is she going to do that, Sarah? How? How? She by Sheree, you don't have a leg to stand on, my love. Her desire for her growth and healing, I think it might be as see-through as her overpriced Walmart jogging suits on her website, okay? Oh, my God. Oh, Sheree. Okay, well, yeah, pot, meat, kettle. Again, the hypocrisy is just ridiculous. By the way, have you seen how much one, her... Oh, one moment. Sorry, oh. one sec. Cody, what? No, honey, I'm not talking to you, baby. Oh. Almost done, okay? Do you want to come say hi to Auntie Nara real fast? Come say hi to Auntie Nara. Hi, Cody! Hi! Oh. Uh, how are you? I hear it's your birthday soon. You're going to have a birthday party? <gasps> are you so excited? Oh, you're going to have so much fun. I'll be done in just a bit. Then we'll go inside. Okay, love you. Thank you. Bye, Cody. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Cody, you have to shut the door because the sound. I'll be out soon. So cute. Is he so confused with what you're doing? Yes, but he knows. I have to be quiet when you podcast. <laughs> but he has no idea. By the way, have you ever looked at 
she by Sheree, like her actual <laughs> clothing and how much it costs? I haven't. Sarah. I haven't, but you. Sarah, it's like $275 for a hoodie. And they're like, ugly. Why is she they on? are ugly. Narelle, this woman is audacious. Delusional. She is audacious. Audacious. I just cannot believe she would even go there with her reputation yeah. for years, season after season of not paying people. Like, what are you thinking? I don't know. And I think that's why she's so quick to try and be like, oh, Drew, did you not pay somebody? Like, Sheree. Yeah. Oh, it's someone else's fault. Sheree. Yeah. Stop it. Sheree, stop Bam. it. We we have a phone book of people you haven't paid, Sheree, okay? <laughs> Come on. Like, and this is all because Drew said, you know, our merch was taken back at at the reunion or BravoCon or something. Yeah. The merch you allegedly were giving us was removed. Yeah. And Sheree is taking zero ownership of that. But I was so relieved when Candy pipes up and says, some of the stuff was taken back at the reunion. Like, thank you so much, Candy. Sheree said, and I couldn't even believe this, that has nothing to do with me. That has nothing to do with me. Oh. So Candy gets heated. She's act. She's like, I just shit my brains out, lady. Do you? You, you, you think we're making this up? And Sheree said, yeah, I do. Sheree, Sheree, this is so bad. This is so bad. Then Kenya, I was like, okay, the only moment I like Kenya in this episode says, you know, we were we were only told we could only have the hats. And then Marlo in her confessional is like pimped out and she buys Sheree swag and she's like, I got lots of stuff. It's great. I'm loving it. Like all in all of the ladies in their confessional, besides Marlo, said they had their items confiscated. Okay, for starters, what the fuck? Why did Marlo end up with everything? Do you think, Sarah? She ended up with everything because she actually took everybody else's freebies. <gasps> like, <sighs> and then Sheree didn't know and nobody else really has understood. And then Marlo's got like the, the hoodies and the things. Everybody was supposed <sighs> to get one thing. And Marlo's just like, oh, this is all for me. Oh, my God, Norelle, you might have just solved the case. Call Sheree immediately. Oh be like, God. Marlo stole it. Oh, geez. The delusion. The absolute delusion. When Sheree's like, oh, that had nothing to do with me. That had nothing to do with me. This is why I love her. This level of delusion is why I love to watch Sheree. <laughs> totally. It's almost unbelievable. <laughs> I got to give it to Drew, though. Like, she was absolutely owning Sheree in this argument like she was reading her and she was standing up for herself she was saying everything she was being really clear and concise and that's why i think sheree's voice was getting higher and higher and she was getting wobblier and wobblier and like more and more frantic because she couldn't there's nothing she could say drew was yeah spelling out for her drew nailed it like she absolutely nailed it and sheree is trying to teach her a lesson, just yep. like Drew said she is. Absolutely. Like, sweetheart, you cannot host a trip on healing if you have been holding on to hurt for years and months that you said you've let go. Like, and, and especially for something you actually did 
or didn't do. Like you, you, you took your swag back. Just own it or say something. Don't keep defending it when everyone on the cast is saying, we didn't get the swag. We got a baseball hat. Not good enough. No. Even Kenya was like, Sheree, you need to do better as a host. And I was like, okay, okay. The boss has spoken. Well, second in command. Candy's the boss. And then all of a sudden we just see Drew get up and leave crying. So I really do think this probably is the beginning of the Ralph drama. Like more had to be going on for her to leave crying, right? Yeah. In the background, imagine having to be coached on how to behave by Kenya and Marlo. Jeez. (laughs) That's a sad state of affairs. (laughs) And Kenya, I mean, you're going to need a better host, but maybe you should take your own advice. Like, I'm thinking back to Birmingham or where we went. Like, yeah, no, no. I am upset with Sheree in this episode, mainly. Like, how dare she make me like Marlo? like this the way that she has yeah yeah not loving that but i have to keep my heart open to miss marlo because she is entertaining as hell i think you're right like the mental load was just too much sheree was like the the camel that broke no the straw that broke (laughs) yeah the camel's back right norelle and her analogies everyone oh my god (laughs) That's about it for Atlanta, and I'm very excited to see next week's episode of Atlanta. I want to see some more healing. Over in the OC, season 17, episode 7. That's crazy. Oh, no, boo didn't. So this episode kind of, I like the editing in this uh, episode in the beginning because we start with Gina giving Emily the rundown of the Montana trip, which turns into a Heather rant. It seems honestly, Neral, like Gina's biggest issue with Heather is that Heather is more loyal to Tamara than she is to her. That's the vibe I'm getting. And Gina tells Emily that Heather will acknowledge my feelings at the sushi party or this friendship is over. Does this seem extreme? Is Gina trying to be more popular this season? She got razzed so bad last season when she aligned with Heather. Like, maybe she's trying to counteract it, but it's not working for me. It's too much. It's too much. Like, Gina, babe, this is not the storyline you think it is. It is better than Emily's storyline about her daughter wanting to be a model, but only slightly. yes. Gina seems thrilled (laughs) to finally have manufactured something up that is worth flipping out about i guess like she wants to be upset about something because that's how you get you know attention and a storyline and that's how you get asked back but this is too far this is too much agreed i hate it it's ridiculous then john and shannon are doing some boating and they're at john's house and we start seeing some obvious red flags here I like John is he's made it pretty clear I need space from Shannon. They don't live together yet. And he told her on camera, like, I get stressed out by your life and everything going on in your world. And your mind is always spinning. Like, I feel like he wants to have fun. 
And I get this because Shannon strikes me as the type to kind of only have fun on camera. Yeah. So I took your advice and I have actually gone back and started watching the older seasons of OC. Oh, damn. So I have a different opinion of Shannon now. I I kind of think she'd be pretty difficult to be in a relationship with. I think she has a lot of anxiety and she gets lost in it and then she just kind of spirals. They don't seem to be on the same page, at least not in this episode, not right now. Like he seems more ready for like retirement, stakes on the water, whereas she still wants to like run a business and like do this and she's motivated and she wants to make money and stuff like he wants fun and relaxation and she doesn't seem to be there. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. We shall, well, we know how it ends. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, Emily, Heather, and Tamara are getting pedicures. Emily starts stirring that pot by asking how Taylor was in Montana. Heather gets, you know, she starts getting into it and confiding in Emily and says Taylor accused her of being condescending, etc. And Emily says, well... You can be a little hurtful sometimes at the things you say. And Heather defends herself, but Tamara and Emily tell her, no, no, Heather, you do sound condescending. And maybe you're just not self-aware of how you sound. I gotta say, after watching that scene, I really felt like Heather is targeted. by, And they're all planning it together. Like, I never thought I'd be backing Heather, but Heather is Heather. Is that... A good enough excuse to come off as condescending to Ralph. <laughs> I got the same feeling. It seems like a united decision. I do think that they all legitimately have these feelings about Heather because Heather, like you said, Heather is Heather. And that's how she talks to people. That's, you know, it's legitimate. Their feelings are legitimate. But it's almost like Heather's, Heather's level of condescension is innocent. Do you know what I mean? Like, she comes by it innocently. I do. She's not trying to make people feel small. She just does it naturally. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, if they're not careful, like, they're going to turn Heather into the underdog of the season. And we're all going to be rooting for Heather because they do seem to be ganging up on her. Yes, that's how I feel. I totally feel like I'm Team Heather and that has literally never happened oh and then we're zipping over to the new besties jen and gina at jen's yoga studio and they show a picture of jen and her ex like okay jen's old face is really something like not even her i'm not saying her face is something the difference in the two faces i was i i just i i don't get this because I'm not surrounded by people who maybe they get a little Botox, yeah. like for migraines, but we're like maybe fake lashes. I just don't, none of my friends have this kind of stuff. And I don't know. It's just interesting to me. It's fillers. And I think as time goes by, we're going to see some disastrous side effects of having fillers in your face. Like it yeah. stretches the skin out and you have to just keep getting more and more of it. It's, a horrible thing to go down that road of being too full. I'm all for some Botox, a little boop boop. I think that's great, but she just looks like a completely different person. Yeah. 
Anyway, good for her for showing that picture. Is It makes me like Jen even more, to be honest. This was a weird scene. Jen and Gina kind of making amends and Gina's apologizing to Jen for making her uncomfortable and she tries to relate their stories and then Jen confides in Gina that, you know, the stuff Tamara said, she had no idea about. She didn't know Ryan said those things about Tamara and like Gina isn't wrong in her confessional when she says that Tamara has shown Jen who she really is to her. So like, take it for what it is like when people show you who they are believe them and i i really feel like jen and gina are kind of bonding over uh hating tamra right now did i miss the part where they became like sisters and like best friends because i i know they kind of patched things up and like forgave and forgot but this is a whole other level gina is maybe no, I'm going to say Gina is definitely trying to, like, find herself an ally in Jen. Someone other than Tamara and Heather. Her, the way, she's just, she's very overly friendly with Jen. Whereas, like, one episode ago, two, one and a half episodes ago, hated her, was so condescending and, like, mean towards her. I think, honestly, she only hated her because she was Tamara's friend. Mm, okay. And then when yeah. she saw the tides starting to turn, she's like, oh, mm. you're mine now. You know? You're right. A victim. You're right. Because that's when it started changing. So very calculated, Gina. Emily showed us some of her childhood pictures, and she's sharing them with Shane. And her mom sent them via text. And she got so emotional. And... She was happy and sad, like so many bittersweet emotions there. And she's crying and Shane is just so practical and not comforting. But he's also so supportive. Like I've really turned where I stand on Shane and I I like him. So Emily did invite her mom to come stay with them. So we'll see that. And then they were both crying. Now I'm crying. Everyone's bloody crying. (laughs) I wasn't. I wasn't. I was awkward laughing when Emily, because she's like starting to tear up and, you know, she's she's really emotional over this. And she's like, okay, I'm going to call my mom and I'm going to invite her. And then Shane was just like, okay, good luck. And like walks away. <laughs> He's so funny. Yeah. Practical, but supporting is a perfect yeah. way of describing him. I really like them together. So Shannon is shopping with her twins, and I don't know, Narelle, like, there was something about a school counselor, yawn, yawn, didn't even pay attention, don't care. I kind of have this feeling, like, I feel like Shannon is really playing into her original, holistic, jewel-rubbing, natural-loving character that she entered the show with. Like, off-gassing on the new clothes and looking for energy stones and all this stuff but it's a shtick i i swear to god it's a shtick it's gotta be and i feel it's so disingenuous yeah i literally just watched a previous episode where she'd gone like mattress shopping with her girls i was talking about off-gassing and chemicals and retardant that's sprayed on mattresses and blah 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 okay i don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or if i'm a bitch or whatever i don't really care at all about housewives children I just no, I know. I don't. I know. 
I don't want to see it. No. Like Emily with her daughter, like the auditions and stuff. Thank God that wasn't in this episode. I hope that's over. I find it boring. There's a very, very few and select few times where I'm going to be interested in your children being a part of a storyline. Jersey. Yeah, probably, you know. Because they're in the drama and that's sad, but yeah. But not this. I don't want to see you talking about school counselors and shit. So I don't know. It's just, if you can't have your own storyline and you have to resort to your children, it's probably time to get off the show. Agreed. Oh, I'm so over it. It was, I am with you 100%. Yeah. I wonder what everyone else thinks. I would love to know. Are we bitches? For not loving the Are kids. we evil? Yeah. Okay, we head to another party in a boat, but this time it is a very, very small <laughs> boat. <laughs> this was basically drinks on a dinghy. What was this? Oh my goodness. For fancy pants of all people. So Heather and Taylor are the first ones to arrive and they're alone and they both apologize to each other. It really felt like Heather just can't help herself in coming off as condescending here. And honestly, I felt she was so deliberate with her words. Like in her confessional, she says, I know Taylor is very sorry. Like there is a complete lack of ownership on Heather's part. And maybe I'm starting to see why the other ladies feel so annoyed with her. (laughs) Yeah, I like the fact that uh, Heather was being condescending while apologizing for being condescending. (laughs) (laughs) So Heather. But you're right. Like, she's so deliberate with everything that she says. I don't know. Maybe I've got her wrong. Like, I think she is aware of, like, what she's saying and how she's saying it. I don't know. There's got to have been an agreement by everyone to take Heather down a notch. But I think it was based on everyone genuinely feeling a certain kind of way about how she talked to them. And it is evident in her confessional and also in the way that she's apologizing she's being condescending she is but then i am so fully convinced that she is naturally condescending by nature but maybe that's just the way she talks yeah but when she is condescending for real it's like doubling down i don't know she's so hard to figure out maybe when she's trying to be condescending she's really condescending yeah, like, it, that's why it's so vicious. And in this moment with Taylor, she was. But the thing I do like about Heather, like, she'll move on. She'll yeah. forgive Taylor, move on. No, she's very good at that, for sure. So I, I'm sorry, but why is Lauren the acting coach here? <laughs> is she a friend of? Or? That was weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Narelle, all these shoes, when I'm looking at these women walking down... To the boat with these giant high heels, like, aren't sandals appropriate boat footwear? Because in Canada, the only time I've seen shoes this high are, like, in strip clubs. Like, seriously, though. (laughs) I know. These ladies are, like, well accustomed to going on yachts as well. And usually when you go on a big boat like that, you're not actually even allowed to wear shoes. They, like, collect your shoes before you get on the boat because you have to... Uh, take care of the wood, the very expensive wood. on. So, I don't know. The heels are ridiculous. You gotta be able to walk <sighs> down the plank or whatever it's called. Yes! Not the plank. Oh my god, that terrifies me. Yeah. Pretty much the plank. Emily then invites everyone to her pool party. I'm excited to see that next week. 
And I just hate how they all automatically talk about it not being a pool party. It's going to be a cover-up party because we're so fat. Our bodies are so bad. But this is such a societal issue. We even deal with this in the North, Norelle, don't we? Oh, you (laughs) have just answered my question because I was like, what the hell is a cover-up party? What are they covering up? What is it actually supposed to be? I see. Like a pool cover-up party. They don't want to show their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Do you think Emily meant to invite Lauren as well to the pool party? Like, Because <laughs> she invited everybody, but now Lauren's here. Like, I know. And this is why I'm like, is she a friend of now? I mean, later on in the episode, I really enjoyed her, but well, she say. provided a lot of back and forth. She was a mediator. I loved her. Yeah. So we all need a Lauren. We do. We're having dinner at Nobu now, and Heather gave everyone personalized chopsticks and a Tom Ford candle. At least she's generous. Oh, wait. Sorry. It says, too fabulous to shovel shit on the outside of the candle in Japanese. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Emily, when Emily said she doesn't know anyone who's more unaware of being unaware than Heather, all oh, that was like on the money. And one of them made the comment, <laughs> yeah. who was it? Mm, Gina, I think, was like, we just got home. Like, I haven't even unpacked or something. <laughs> I haven't even unpacked. Yeah. And Heather, like, has made these custom chopsticks and candles. Like, she's insane. She's insane. And this is why I love her in this way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Tamara and Jen start discussing Montana. Instigated by Emily, of course. So Emily asks Jen if she worries if there's red flags with Ryan. But, you know, are there red flags, but you want it to work out so badly, you just sweep it under the rug? And Jen says, if Ryan were to fuck up, I wouldn't sweep it. And then Tamara goes, hasn't he already fucked up? And Jen, oh, she blew. She's like, has Ryan fucked up with me? Ah, no. Then Tamara says, you left your entire world for a player. Ryan won't be loyal to you. Jen is pissed. Tamara has aired all of her dirty laundry. Jen is furious. I do not blame her one bit. Is this the way that Tamara shows she's worried about her friends? Because she's kind of hiding a smile as she's doing this. Like as she's directing all of these words to Jen, she has this like smug smile on her face. And it's the smugness that she's portraying that doesn't quite match up with what she says she's trying to do. I think Jen is definitely fooling herself if she believes there's any kind of long-term potential with a man like Ryan. But Tamara is getting off on this. And I don't quite know why yet. There's a lot of annoyance, disdain. She's irritated and it's all over her face. It's in her words. And I think Jen is She's justifiably right in feeling like, what the fuck, Tamara? What is your problem? Oh, totally. And according to Twitter, I think everyone agrees. (laughs) Like, Tamara is not coming off well. But without her, the show would totally suck. Tamara then talks about a party Ryan hosted. And that was the day one of Ryan's friends warned Eddie, watch your wife, man. Jen retaliates by insinuating Tamara had the hots for Ryan and says, I'd watch it, Tamara. My jaw was on the flippin' floor. 
and then Tamrat threw a fucking napkin in Jen's face. Oh, oh no. okay, okay, okay. This makes me feel like Tamara is so guilty. Like, was Tamara talking about how hot Ryan is? What? Ah, oh my god! Jen had no idea Tamara would fuck her over like this for ratings and for a renewed contract. And that is why I love Jen. The innocence, the innocence is so pure. Ooh, something happened at that party. Something definitely happened. Tamara was goading her into that. She's almost like daring her to say it, I feel like. Like, what do you think they might even be referencing? Whatever it is, that's the source right there of Tamara's annoyance and her irritation towards Jen and that napkin throw. (gasps) I feel like Tamara was just waiting for an excuse to do that. And then when she storms off in her little drunken huff, did you see Shannon's run after her? By the way, she was like so frantic and like wobbling all over the place. Tamara! And like, I think there might have even been like cobblestones. It was fantastic. Yeah. And all the ladies are encouraging Jen to spill the tea. Like Jen says Tamara thought Ryan was hot. And she was joking about how how sexy he is and how she should just bang him at some house party and take one for the team. And she kind of has a point. Like, if all of that is true, first of all, if it's true, which I kind of kind of feel like it is, it's if it was true, then Tamara really has zero business acting offended that Ryan said she was hot and that he wanted to fuck her. She literally said the exact same thing. Like, is she just trying to get out ahead of it? Does she know that Ryan has something else to say? So she's trying to discredit him before he can say it. I don't know, but there's something there and Tamara's really annoyed. Why the fuck would Tamara be so pissed at Ryan for saying, oh, I'm going to fuck her? He wasn't with Jen at that time, was he? No, because they were talking about it as if they had kind of just started knowing Ryan and Tamara also thought he was hot. So this makes that comment. It's starting to give me a little weirdness now Mm -hmm. because Tamara is jealous. Ryan chose Jen, even though she's married, even though she's married. that's That's the vibe. If we took away Tamara's husband, that would answer everything. It would answer everything, even though I think Eddie is way hotter. Same. Whatever. But the way that Tamara's behaving, that would answer everything. It's still jealous. Like, you can still be jealous. I guess. But would you would you carry it on this far? Absolutely not. Because it's backfiring now. Yeah. In Tamara's flipping face. Like, babe, your jealousy is... <laughs> Emily's instigating is like a level 100 tonight so valuable to the show she was begging jen to dish on tamra because they all now know there is more going on to the story but jen the classy bitch she is just won't go there so then emily like the lawyer she is moves on to heather and says well you're the one who has a phony relationship with tamra and it hurts my feelings i was dying Emily explains that, you know, Tamara is very nasty sometimes, and I think you're scared of her, Heather. And then Gina 
pipes in because she can't ever instigate things herself. She goes, Heather, since Tamara has been around, you have fucked up a lot. And I'm questioning whether our relationship is authentic. So Gina does make a good point. God, why am I siding with this woman? (laughs) When she tells Heather, you should trust me, Heather. I came to you. I advise you of what Tamara was doing. But you still sided with Tamara, who has been shit talking you and been bad to you in the past. So you know what? I finally saw Gina's point. I'm like, okay, she's right. She's not wrong. I do agree with Gina that Heather thinks, you know, Tamara is in the cool girls club. Okay, I I have a question. Does Heather have more of a pass with Tamara than she does with Gina and Emily? I haven't got to the part yes. of the show yet where Gina and Emily come on board. So I don't know. Like, is that part of why she feels some kind of loyalty towards Tamara? Does she feel more of a sisterhood there? Like, I think I agree with you that Heather definitely thinks Tamara is the cool girl and she wants to, like, sit with the cool girl in the cafeteria. And she wants to be part of the cool girl group. But also... Gina is annoying as hell, and I think my bias might be getting in the way here uh, and tainting my vision and my thoughts because I really just, I can't stand Gina. So I would also side with Tamara, no matter what, probably. So could Heather be doing that and Gina's just annoying or? That's interesting. So yes, I mean, Tamara and Heather go way back. You know, Heather, I don't recall what season Heather came on. They do have history there. But they're not, like, close friends. I think they stayed in touch. Yeah. I think they're... The reality is they probably have way more in common with each other than Heather does with Gina. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think Gina and Heather is, like, little sister, big sister. Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. Auntie and niece. I, I don't know. Good point, Narelle. So Tamara is wasted. And part of that weird smiling thing she does is because she's wasted. So she comes back. She ignores this much bigger conversation that's taking place because it's not about her. Like with Gina and Leashed on Heather for every bad thing she's done. And then Tamara has the nerve to whisper to Jen, I am livid. And Jen is perfection and just doesn't reply with her mouth. Just with evil in her eyes at Tamara. And then that confessional where Jen like chucks the napkin and it like covers the camera and she tells Tamara basically like, go clean up your own mess with it. My jaw dropped. This is not over. This is just beginning. And I love it. I love it. (laughs) So do I. So do I. (laughs) I need more. Uh, we find out in this episode that David Badal is getting divorced with the woman he cheated on Shannon with. Shannon told everyone, like, oh, I know, I know. But then she cries and gets up and says, I have to call my children. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. The tear, the tears. Inter- it's just so kind of, mm, oh, OTT maybe. She almost seemed a little bit titillated as well when it came up that like today is our our anniversary isn't that weird that he divorced her on our anniversary and I'm like pretty sure it was just probably 
a coincidence. I bet David doesn't even remember. And then she says that her main concern about it is like the money and she's worried her kids are going to be affected by this, which is fair. Yeah, the tears were interesting. I would not have expected tears. I would have maybe expected like, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Or like gleeful, you know, whatever, but. Yeah, and like if she knew, her kids obviously knew. I don't know. Yeah, I have never been in that position, but I, I don't know. Can only imagine what I would do in that position, and I probably would just laugh. I I would laugh and order around a shot. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> yes, totally. Fucking karma, bitch. Exactly. Well, this was a long one, but you know what? It was good. My kiddo only interrupted us about seven times. Yeah, I'm surprised. My cat has not come in here. It's lunchtime. I know. It's lunchtime was like four minutes ago. That's four hours in cat time. Uh, oh, my God. He's like, excuse me, ma'am. He might be dead. No. <laughs> Oh, this was so fun. I cannot wait again till next week. So stoked. But until next time, stay truthful. And not hopeless. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. We love you guys so much. It means the world to us. Thank you. Bye. Bye.